Love Talk Radio. With a chair. Hello and welcome back to The Spiritual Path. I am your host, Kim Gilster, The Spiritual Synergist. You can find out more about me at my website at kimgilster.com. Um, in the show description, there is a link to it. Um, donations are also welcome if you've been enjoying the show. Um, and I have a link for that as well. I am a spiritual life coach. Um, and yeah, that's what I do. I love what I do. <laughs> I always tell people that what I do is help people to fall madly in love with themselves and gain true self-empowerment. And Flora's joining me today again. Hi, Floor. How are you? Hi, Kim. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me back. Um, I'm excited again about this show. I always get excited. <laughs> um, I really don't want to get into conversation about the weather today. <laughs> so, you don't want to get into a conversation about what, Jerry? The weather. Because <laughs> I know it was hot here and it was cold in California, so I'm just going to brag. So let's move on. <laughs> well, it's fairly hot in England, so. You have bragging rights, definitely. <laughs> and besides, what I consider cold, you don't consider cold. Um, exactly. But enough about the weather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's been fun. Um, so the subject that I chose today is reciprocity. Um, I think it was about three or four years ago that I was, you know, really thinking about my path and who I've been in my life and this idea of reciprocity and what was reciprocity? What did it mean to give and receive as, you know, opposed to taking or being a doormat? Mm. Um, Because a lot of my life I had essentially been in doormat or... You know, I ended up in positions of one I wanted to receive. Um, I had sometimes been accused of, you know, being sort of a taker, you know, of actually um, behaving or think, people thinking that I'm behaving like, you know, that the world owes me or something like that. Um, I never felt like the world owed me. That was never my intention, ever. Um, but it's something that was, you know, constantly a part of the programs that I was given, um, you know, as a child. Mm-hmm. And so my energy was all tied up in that. And so mm-hmm. I found myself in many, many ways giving, giving, giving. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I received. But it wasn't in a way that was really making me happy and I can figure out what that was. So I looked up reciprocity online. I simply went to Google and I typed in reciprocity. I thought, well, you know, there are people who discuss this and you know, maybe they have clues about some of these things that I don't. Um, and to my surprise, really what people were talking about um, in all of these articles or little stories and things like this, um, was just giving um, with no intention of receiving. Mm. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And that somehow, you know, this would just get paid forward because that's how life is, or somehow mm-hmm. they would receive it from something else or somewhere else, you know, whatever yeah. it was that they wanted, they it's would receive from somewhere else. Yeah. Huh? Mm. Yeah, it's a very popular belief. Correct, but it's an accurate yeah. belief. Mm. Right. It is a program that we're given, that if we just give enough, you know, if we just keep giving, that somehow we're going to receive what we want. And on some level, you know, even when we're giving from our heart, 
um, there is something that we want. Always there's something that we want. We all have desires, and there's nothing wrong with desires, okay? Um, so maybe what we want is to be liked. Maybe what we want is, you know, just to feel good. So the attitude I think that these people are talking about is more, okay, I'm giving from my heart. It makes me feel good. Mm. But what we need to do is question, does that really make you feel good? If mm-hmm. you're doing something and it doesn't really make you feel good from your heart just to give whatever you're giving, then don't do it. And the reason for that is because you will end up being depleted. It doesn't need a rhyme or a reason to it either, okay? Because that's the thing, too. We're constantly thought, oh, you should give this because this person is a relative or you should give this because, you know, uh, you'll win favor over here or, you know, what have you. Um, and really, if you're in touch with your heart space, if you're in touch with your intuition and ultimately your true logic, um, if it doesn't genuinely feel good to you from there on whatever level, don't do it. Mm. Just don't do it, you know. You, we don't have to have a reason, but there is something oftentimes inside of us saying, well, you know, at this moment in time, I don't want to do this. Because perhaps that energy that you might do that with would better be suited for you and another individual or another group of people. Hmm. And it suits the collective better and it suits life path better, et cetera. This, in turn, then, makes it so you are going to be more open to receiving because things are better in alignment with your true being. They're better in alignment with the other people that you're in alignment with, with their true being, okay? I Mm -hmm. often have seen, you know, very loving, wonderful people, um, and say they're, I often see this with grandparents, um, but also with parents, um, and I've seen it with some other people as well, where they have a child, oftentimes they become adults, and they just keep giving and giving and giving. And this person, um, you know, behaves like, yes, the world owes them, <laughs> because this is what they've been taught. Mm. So they're not actually able to give from the giving, just being, you know, given to them, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. money or food or, you know, what have you, shelter. Um, right, because if that person stopped for a minute and really thought about what really felt good for them in their heart, they wouldn't keep giving to this person. And in all actuality, as we know, when you don't give so much to a person, um, they will find it eventually inside of themselves to actually actively do something. Now they are able to have more self-empowerment, more love, and more self-worth. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, oh, there's, you know, they're, because there are homeless people and, you know, mentally ill people and things like that. Um, it's kind of messy <laughs> when it comes to that, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, that we should we should always support people, okay? But we really have to ask what what is the best way to be supported, right? Mm. Okay, so part of the thing that was going on with me, for instance, when I was questioning this reciprocity thing was, I have this big energy. I have always had this big energy. And as I was really, really, really healing and really going through reprogramming and all of those things, as well as many other things and clearing so much stuff, um, people were very attracted to me. But it got to a point where they really wanted to just take, Mm -hmm. you know, 
perfect strangers were coming to me, emailing me, coming to me online just constantly and wanting me to spend all of the time with them and wanting me to train them and show them and essentially coach them. And I was just supposed to do this out of the kindness of my own heart. And it's a lot of work. And it takes, mm. you know, quite a long time. It depends on where the person's at, of course. But, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that was not in alignment with reciprocity, you know. Yeah. Because, again, I was going with those programs that said, oh, you know, you're you're supposed to give to receive, give, give. But I just kept giving mm. oftentimes. Um, and I really wasn't receiving hardly anything back. Um, mm. So, you know, I had to put myself in alignment with what feels good for me. Okay, and what that is is going to be unique to you. Mm-hmm. There's no exact formula as to you know. It's just everybody's life path is unique. Okay. Yeah. So what that looks like for one person is different from the next person, but because one person's able to do something that looks like they're giving more, does not mean that that person is somehow more loving or more superior or something like that. Um, I remember talking not too long ago to a friend of mine who um, had decided to volunteer in her town. And, you know, she's a wonderful person. She does a lot for a lot of people. But she is very much into reciprocity. She doesn't volunteer to do something unless she's receiving something back. And she was in a space in her life where she felt like she um, didn't have much. She felt impoverished. She wasn't feeling her abundance. So she volunteered um, to actually put out um, food, to collect food um, and just for pets and distribute it to people with pets who are impoverished, particularly a lot of um, elderly people. Well, they have mm-hmm. in their pets. Very important. But what that did for her is, and she did this perfectly, she said, you know, I want to be in alignment with feeling abundant, so I'm going to help people that don't have as much as me. And I also, she loves animals, and so she wanted to help animals. Um, yeah. And then it made her feel abundant. So she was very conscious and aware of why she was doing it and what she was receiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, had she gone into that with a consciousness of, oh, yes, well, I'm just going to be this giving person and not looking at what she was receiving, because sometimes we're receiving things we don't even realize because we're not aware, right? So mm-hmm. we, do, we do need to ask ourselves. And, you know, sometimes after a while, um, our alignments change. So that we might have been volunteering to do, you know, help at a homeless shelter or, you know, whatever it is that we're, you know, maybe we're volunteering doing. This is just an example that you can do volunteer work. Um, But for some reason, it doesn't feel as satisfying anymore. It doesn't, you know, and people go into this thing, oh, it's the organization, oh, it's this sort of, you know, all of this, and they go into this judgment and blame. When oftentimes it's, okay, are you seeing what you're gaining out of it? Um, Or... Maybe your alignment changed. Maybe you need yeah. to stop volunteering and do something else. Or maybe you need to go and, you know, go someplace else where you're actually able to receive more. Yeah. And, you know, because oftentimes we're volunteering, we're also learning a lot. We're learning a lot about life. We're learning skills sometimes that can help us, you know, and whatever other kinds of work that we're doing, etc. But if we're not open to receiving... We're not even going to realize those things, and we're not actually going to be able to receive those things as readily. So, what I'm getting at is, as a part of reciprocity, a big part of reciprocity is receiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. This whole thing about kindness of your own heart and that sort of thing—it's just, you know, if you're a person and you happen to go to church, say, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're. Some people pay their 10% if they go to the church regularly, and they feel good about that. Or, um, you know, they pass the basket or what have you. And different churches and things, religious uh, institutions have different ways of doing that. But the thing is, is that, that so you're told, oh, you're giving the money 
to God. Um, yes, because we're all God. But at the same time, really you're giving the money to the church. The church is functioning for you. You're able to go there, you know, with the pastor or the priest, or who, you know, with, depending upon, you know, what you're doing. Um, the rabbi, if it's, you know, a temple, um, et cetera. But you're able to go there and you're able, you're receiving from them, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm receiving by being here, by learning things, you know, when the priest or the pastor gets up at the pulpit and, you know, I feel like this is really adding to my life, et cetera. Now, if you're going there and it's not adding to your life, I would suggest, you know, again, you're not receiving, so perhaps you need to go elsewhere, maybe a different church, maybe, you know, just checking out other things, you know. People grow. It's what people do, and they expand so that, you know, what was serving you at one point is not serving you, and it should be serving you. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is a, is a, a part of reciprocity you should be giving whatever you can give, you know, towards people who are serving you if you're able to. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Everything is give and receive. Give and receive. What does that look like? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that if I give to this one person that I'm going to receive directly back from them. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay? But this one story that I read was very curious to me, and it's it's sort of typical of the stories that I read um, in reading about what people think about reciprocity, where this man, there's an elder woman, and she was stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire. So he stopped to help her with a flat tire, and she offered to pay him. Um, And... It really felt in the story like this man was just, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving out of my heart. And, you know, it, like he felt, it, it, the feeling was he felt bad, would have felt bad for taking from her. Um, yeah. Now he could have all sorts of reasons for that, right? Mm. Right? Yeah. 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 He could have all sorts of re- reasons for that, okay? But what we have to question is, is it our programs or... You know, yes, I stopped by the side of the road to help somebody fix the flat tire, and I did that because I wanted to, okay? Mm. Um, but I've heard stories of people where they do such a thing, somebody offers them money or offers to do something back for them, and then they say, oh, no, that's not right. Because initially I went into this just to do it to help you. But isn't that... Yeah you know, the law of attraction aligning with you, if you are a person who could use that money or could use whatever it is that they're doing back for you, and on top of which, okay, you're also allowing that person to give. Mm-hmm. Allowing others to give to you is very important. Okay? Because if you don't allow others to give to you, okay, then how are they supposed to be in alignment with the part where they're, where they're giving? How can they be happy? Because it feels good to give when mm. we give from the appropriate space, when we give from a love space, when we give from, you know, a, a space that's pretty unconditional. It does feel good. Okay? Yeah. And we, and yeah, and I, I know I do it every day, all the time, you know? Oftentimes just smiling at somebody or, you know, listening to them or, you know, going on Facebook and hitting a heart <laughs> um, or, you know, saying, I'm here sort of thing. Um, just simple things like that are giving. I had a woman yesterday I was actually calling to replace myself up. Um, and I had some questions about, you know, what was going on with the different deals that they had for my company. And this woman, she said to me, she said, oh, you know, you have this just beautiful voice. It's just like you make me feel good. <laughs> and I really didn't say much to her. Right. It's just, it's, 
you know, the energy of my being self-loving then was coming across to her, right? And my whole thing was, oh, I'm here because, you know, I want a nice phone and I use my phone to do a lot of my work. It provides me with my abundance and I'd like to get, you know, the best deal that I can. And, you know, and I was just, I'm very polite and lovely to her because there's no reason not to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. But she felt that and then she wants to help me more, do you see? But I'm not going to let her not yeah. help me more if she can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it, that allows her to give to me. And again, that's sort of a business situation. Some people go, well, yeah. But see, it works the same way in our personal life. It works the same way with her family. People often differentiate between business and personal. And certainly there are some, you know, differentiations. Um, But really, if you're being authentic, you're going to be able to be that person, or if it's in business or elsewhere. Absolutely. It's the same energy. But people do that. They shift up their energy. And then they wonder why, well, why in business am I, you know, not doing this? And, you know, oh, spiritual is different from business. It's mm. not. It's absolutely not different. <laughs> that is the thing. So and we have a lot of programs around, you know, like people who are doing, you know, I guess what you would call, like what I do, spiritual type business or businesses where people are healthy. Well, any business that you have, hopefully, is helping people. I mean, yeah, we have some people who are putting out products that, you know, appear to be not that helpful. But if it makes you feel good, is that not helpful to you? Whatever that is, right? Um, So, yeah, that's like sort of the whole point of working, the whole point of having a business. You know, no matter what it is, it's to contribute, Right? and to make others' lives better somehow. But you wouldn't expect to get, you know, a service that's not spiritual, you know, from somebody and not pay them or not offer them something in exchange. You know, because perhaps you don't have a form of, you know, monetary payment for something. Mm-hmm. Well, that can be okay. We all have skills. We all have, you know, things that maybe we can offer. It doesn't hurt to ask somebody, is there anything that you can, that I can do for you? Oh, well, you know, I do this, or I'm capable of that, or I was noticing maybe you could use this. Not sure, but, you know, again, presentation is, is good. Um, right, so you can do that as well, but I wanted to sort of talk about that too. So people have this idea because in the mythology within a lot of, you know, religious mythologies and so forth and spiritual mythologies that somebody is just sort of born a certain way. And that's not true. (laughs) It's just not true. It really isn't. Um, Wow. I don't know if I should go into all of that. Um... (laughs) right yeah Uh, well people seem to think that the spirit um, you know carries with it all of these like different details of like all of these lifetimes and all of these yeah um, you know no it just it carries with it it's expanded experience of things that are useful. But one of the reasons why it feels good to really, you know, when people say, oh, I'm awake, you know, I'm really in touch with my spirit, with my heart, you know, because that's what your heart is. It's, you know, you're doing heart-based in a way that is, you know, the window to that. Um, uh-huh. They think, oh, okay, well, it's sort of all-knowing <laughs> and all that sort of thing. But it yeah. came here to expand more. Uh-huh. Right? It really came here to expand more. So it's not all-knowing, and it doesn't carry with it things like suffering because it doesn't even really understand 
suffering. And this test is very complicated, and it is what I have been working pretty diligently on lately is um, in how to, you know, I mean, with my coaching clients, I've been able to um, explain it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, not really, yeah. <laughs> well, in public, it takes, how can I put it? It, it takes um, a very long time because it's, it can be a little technical um, in explaining it. So I feel better publicly in writing about it. Also because um, I can cover more of the questions that I know that come mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than, you know, yeah, in the writing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there are a lot of questions and understandably so. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, how does that work exactly? You know, because well, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, everybody's been taught that everything's very linear and nothing's linear, right? So mm-hmm. this too is not super linear. But in essence, you know, the spirit when it comes here or comes back here, um, doesn't have like all of this past life sort of interesting things. It it does have some experience um, and it does have a frequency um, that you're not automatically born knowing how to navigate your plane. Yeah. Yeah, Which is where the programs come from in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're trusting your parents and your grandparents and your aunts and uncles and your teachers and all of these things when you're a small child, very small, um, to teach you these things. And they don't always know, you know, and they're mm-hmm. oftentimes full of their own programs, so they don't know. And, yeah, so, and they're not always, you know, nobody's going to know exactly who you are and how things are going to necessarily affect you either. Um, so even though you could have, like, some of the best parents you know, PTSD stuff is created out of things that are, you know, what seems to our adult conscious mind is pretty trivial. Um, mm-hmm. And I got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's like, so we all have these programs on, I can never say it, reciprocity. So yeah. whether, you know, whether you're born with certain alignments that um, are kind of more beneficial to you being in alignment with reciprocity or not, we all still live on the planet where all of these programs are active mm-hmm. exist. So it's still something that all of us have to contend with. Correct. And get into yeah. alignment. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and people get confused as to what greed is as well. Yeah, that's another one. That. Right. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. That one's really good. Right. I think yeah. that this idea of greed, too, is very tied up in what people think about reciprocity. Um, so depending yeah. upon your life, everybody's unique again. So depending upon your life's path, it could be yeah. that you want to have more material abundance. And yeah. perhaps that material, but, you know, for whatever reasons, and it's not for us to say, could be really, really serving, okay, the expansion of that individual and the individuals around that individual, right? Okay. Yeah. And it seems as though, you know, very wealthy people often are, you know, highly criticized. Well, they tend to be more public, although there are some that are not. Um so, you know, no matter what they do, somebody always accuses them of being in greed. Um, and really, it's this program of jealousy. Mm-hmm. And are you having envy because that's what you really, really want? There's nothing wrong with really, really wanting to have a billion dollars, you know? Um, and there's no right or wrong way necessarily to use that, 
Um, but I would say that, you know, of course you want to look at, you know, what's most healthy first, what's most healthy for you, and then as a result of that, what's most healthy for the collective, right? Mm. Mm. Right. So it does give people on the earth plane, you know, a certain amount of wealth will give people more power. It's true. Okay? Because it they have true. more of the tools to be able to go yeah. around and do whatever they're doing. It's just how do they go about doing this? So the person who's actually acting in greed, it's not about the amount of something that they have. And it's, you know, it is true. more about this fear that they have. So there are a number of, I don't know how many there are, but there are a number of people who are affluent and practicing greed. Mm. They're in fear that somebody's going to take what they have. Uh-huh. They're not in alignment with giving. They're <laughs> takers. You know, uh-huh. so what people call takers, right? Right. Those people exist. They absolutely do. But that person is not in it that much of a difference. The only difference is they have money. Uh, and so, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> you can give them certain people. We all know but people maybe, who aren't affluent who are greedy. So it's not right. That's what itself. I was just going to say. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, that's what I was just getting at. Right, so just going back to what I was talking about earlier, you know, you have the person who, you know, is, you know, like people call them spoiled, really spoiled or whatever, they're practicing greed. They might not have hardly anything, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're depending upon their parents and their grandparents and this and that, maybe they're on drugs or whatever. But, yeah, to, to, um actually give to them and acting like, oh, you know, the world sort of owes me sort of thing, Mm -hmm. okay? And that's a form of greed. That's a form of, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the fear? The fear is they can't do it themselves. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And oftentimes they can't only because they weren't given the tools to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay? They also, so both of these people actually lack self-empowerment and self-love mm. because they're in all of this fear, right? So even though we say, okay, yes, that person with like all of that money has this sort of power, well, because people are giving them that power mm. due to that, but are they actually an empowered person? No. Definitely not a self-empowered person at all. That's right? incredibly they're Definitely not a self-loving <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those people are acting out of greed. But there, then there are the people who they might have, you know, this influence. And who are we to say where they should put that? Right? Mm. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Having a big, nice house or having, you know, the cars that they have and so on and so forth and, you know, spending the lots of money to give their children these educations or whatever – puts them in line with more affluence. It puts them in line with more, like, monetary um, means, right? Mm. I have met plenty of people who have that, okay, and I was raised around a lot of, you know, people that have things like that, and all throughout my life I've just met a lot of, lot of people. Um and some that when I went to school and I practiced archaeology and all of that, um, they, many, many people who were just all about giving, and they had different ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay? So some of them were doing it because they were using the money to fund the science that they were practicing. Some of them were, um, you know, volunteering at certain organizations or giving money to organizations that they thought would use the money wisely or having their own organizations and not feeling like they had to, you know, be in the limelight and all of that, right? And yet somebody who doesn't have that and maybe drives to their neighborhood just thinks, oh, yes, you know, these people are so greedy. 
state, but they're in alignment. They want to be in alignment with having it to get. So what's wrong with yeah. that? Isn't that imbalance? Yeah. It's imbalance for them. That doesn't yeah. mean, right, that everybody wants that. Because I've also met a lot of people who, you know, nope. Um, you know, we've all read those stories about, you know, here's this guy, he's a millionaire, and he's living in a shack, or he's living on the street, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the path that he chose. Yeah. That was the appropriate path for him. Why he decided to keep the money, I don't know, but... <laughs> you know. And then sometimes you find out, oh, after they die, they, you know, oh, they're to, you know... I guess they feel like somehow to um, for posterity, so their name is on something, um, or what have you. Again, that probably comes out of some kind of interesting programs too, which I haven't really looked into. But, um, but yeah, right. Or there are some people where you know I just I want to have things simpler. That works for me in my personal alignment. Um, again, as long as you know we're working on having things in balance, even ecologically, okay? Because what that balance looks like ecologically is really like what, you know, what is your environment that you live in, Mm. right? And so what can that look like, you know, for you and your community and your country and so on and so forth? And then ultimately the world. That's the thing is that, you know, in studying a lot of ecology, okay, um, what I found out is, yeah, you, you you first have to look at, okay, what is the immediate environment, you know? Because there's no fix that works for everyone within their environment. Mm. People like to think that if everyone did this one thing, then the world would be a happier place. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's, there are it's certain things like completely equal, but it's also about fairness and it's also about circumstances and environment and alignment. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, fairness but is I'm going, going to be born to my parents. Right. Hmm. I'm self-empowered. I make the choices that I make. Yes. Okay. Even before I came here, I made those choices. Okay? Yes. So, right. But my choices are not other people's choices. Yes. This is why I'm able to coach people from, like, all different sorts of walks and help them to really be happy Mm. because I'm not sitting here in judgment. I get them to see what it is they really want, and I hold a space for what it is they really want. I hear you. And I help them to get the tools to get what they want. Yeah. Hmm? What I'm hearing you say is that there's just so many judgments around reciprocity. And there's there's this fear around receiving as if receiving is greed or bad or wrong. Right. Or if there's not a fear of receiving, there's a fear of not getting. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. There's a fear so it's that like, giving it's just kind of the same thing of why the takers are takers, right? Yeah. Mm. Just, mm. And different people develop tools that don't really work when they're children that oftentimes don't really work for them as adults. So I have seen also, and even members of my family, people who are wetter takers, and those people, I've never seen one, not one of them that's happy. Okay? Mm-hmm. They can have multi-million dollars, have these nice houses, have plenty of retirement funds, you know, have children, all nice, all these things. And I look at them, and they're the most miserable people I've ever seen. And yet... Right. I've known people who are what we, which you would call extremely impoverished to be some of the happiest people that I've ever seen. Yes. Okay. And I yes. questioned that my whole time growing up, you know, and I was always questioning anything. So, you know, my thing was, well, let's making this for this person and 
that for that person? Why are these people who have all of these things not happy? Because those people are still, they're taking, they're not open checks to be seeking. Yes. Because if they're open to receiving, they're not open to being vulnerable, they are only open to getting material things. And they somehow learn that that's supposed to equate with love and they can't figure out why they don't have love. And because they're not getting love, well, love is a false thing and on and on it goes. And then they start making these rules because the other people are giving them this power. <laughs> right? So everybody yeah. is responsible here, right? So Obviously, we can only first be responsible for ourselves. Exactly. Responsible for our own selves. So hearing you talk about all this makes me feel like, okay, so I'm aware that there's all this difference and all these judgments. So what, how, what, what energy space do I need to get into? Because I can't say the world, right? But I can be aware, right. <laughs> right. Love. It's not about ignoring, this is a thing too, and we've talked about yes. this before. It is not about ignoring that these things are there. Because, well, that doesn't make sense. I see a lot of people doing that. Yes. I don't want to yes. watch politics. I don't want to, you know, talk about the elephant in the middle of the room. If I just be positive, then it'll go away. That's what I call playing ostrich. No. Right. Instead, because what they're doing is they're trying to avert their, tr- they're trying to avoid their triggers because it doesn't feel good to them. It's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But when we start questioning, why doesn't that feel good to me? And why am I being triggered by it? Because it gives these other messages that say, you're supposed to be triggered by this or you're supposed to be triggered by that. Really? If I'm triggered by it, can I come to that person out of the space of love when I have a concern? No. Because I'm not able to see their pain because I'm trying to avoid my own pain. Yeah. Mm. Right. So now I'm not open to actually being able to give and help. Mm. Mostly only to the other people that are avoiding whatever they're Mm. avoiding. Mm. Right. And then you have the camp of people that say, oh, you know, so... You're just supposed to let everybody do whatever it is they want to do. That doesn't really work either. <laughs> you know? Because we need to talk about what's healthy, right? And yes. what's going to suit our evolution and what's going to suit our expansion and that sort of thing. We need to talk about that, right? Yes. Because sure. if cool. we're, you know, we're, we should at least so. say to a person, and it doesn't have to be out of the space of judgment, but we can say, okay, if you do this, the most likely outcome you're going to have is this, okay? Mm. Or I see you doing this, so, you know, and again, usually only sometimes when they come and talk to you about it, but, you know, I see you doing this, so are you having this kind of pain? right? Mm. Is this helping you? Sometimes those things that look unhealthy could be helping helping them, which is fine, you know. But oftentimes they'll come and say, well, no, it doesn't really feel, it feels more like an addiction or it feels like I'm just trying to cover it up or it feels, you know, I thought this would be helping. It's really like, or they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's helping me. Okay. Yeah. You know, again, there's no judgment. I just see that what they're doing is unhealthy. I'm not trying to prevent them necessarily from doing what's unhealthy. I will, mm-hmm. if it's coming, they're going to come and try to affect me. I, I'm not going to try to prevent them. I'm going to say, like, okay, we'll go do that over there. You know? That's the whole thing. That then, too, allows them personal responsibility. Because when we just embrace things that we see as being unhealthy, right? And we're like, oh, well, I'm going to embrace 
you know, this anyway, right? Mm-hmm. What I mean, and it's it's really um, a balance to try to to see what is unhealthy, and and that even shifts and changes sometimes. Um, it does. It is. Yeah. It can be also very unique, depending upon you know the details of what's going on. But if you can really clearly see that or it's just something you're not in alignment with, that's okay. You know, they'll go over there. And the more people do that, then they'll look at it and go like, well, maybe, you know, there's something else going on here. Right? Mm-hmm. It holds the space to give them that opportunity. You don't even have to really do anything except for take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. so that brings us back to what is taking care of us. What is it? What is what taking is, care of us is only doing what it is that we want to do in that moment. So we really um, want to do. What is that in in balance with, you know, our service to others? How do how do because, we how do we do how do we do mm-hmm. both? You know, how do we serve others and serve this? The service part of things just comes. It's just a natural part of alignment. It's not, you know, yeah, it's just a natural part of alignment. Mm. It's not something we have to try to do. Okay. Again, the people who aren't doing it are not doing it because they're in a lot of fear. So Mm -hmm. if you're not in that fear, then, you know, maybe part of, you know, part of what I do that, you know, part of your service is to help people get out of that fear. Yeah. Again, going back to what you were saying about some people may not look like they're giving up, but they are. Obviously, I want to live in a world where I feel happy, where I feel more content and things like that. So, obviously, Mm. there are other people. It's a part of the big collective. So, Obviously, I'm going yeah. to go, okay, and I'm, but my service then is going to be more authentic to me. Yes. And that if I'm that. doing what I really want. Yeah. Because yeah. we're always interacting, and as part of that interacting, there's service. Hmm. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. Right. So whether there's you're no, cleaning yeah. houses or whether you're an artist or whether you're a doctor, what you're giving right. is, yeah. Yeah, if that's your part. Right, well, that and that's just your occupation, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, or whether you're the, you're the CEO example. of a company. Or whether you're it's the CEO of a company. Expression. Yeah, absolutely. Right. This is something that yeah. I like to point out because people think that only certain jobs are, like, worthy of being, you know, of service or worthy of being called, you know, whatever it is. You know, lawyers to a great service. They do. Right? Especially very adept lawyers, you know, that are, you know, really helping people. And, yeah, it's a, sort of a given and take. But it's true with everything. If you're a doctor, right, oftentimes I talk to my doctors and they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you know, these people don't listen to me. My last doctor, she used to say this to me all the time. You know, they keep coming back like I'm supposed to just do it for them. <laughs> Because they put this, the doctors on this pedestal sort of like preach or something, like, you know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. A lot of people do that, not right? Yeah. You know, like, they're I just was, supposed to fix it for you. Yeah, like your I own was, health. Like, there's, I was there's like no personal yeah. responsibility. Yeah, I was traveling yesterday. What I'm getting at with that, when, when coming to reciprocity, yeah. Right. But what I'm getting at with that is that when it comes to. To, um, you know, taking like taking care of yourself, right? Mm. The doctor has to take care of himself first. Yeah. The doctor has yeah. to come to the person and say, okay, you need to take care of yourself in order for the doctor to take care of himself. Do you see? Yeah, gosh, that's because so Because that true. person puts this person yeah. on this pedestal and says, you need to do it for me, and the doctor doesn't take the responsibility to say, well, you know, I told you what to do because that's my job. You have to do it. And that person can come back to the doctor and go, well, you know, look, they were bad because they didn't do this for me. But, you know, 
Mm-hmm. So they always have to be, and I've worked with doctors and nurses and stuff. It's like, you know, they have to constantly, because you're seeing a lot of people, and they have to constantly be in a situation of that reciprocity, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, and they're dealing with, just like, as a coach, I do too, you know? Mm-hmm. I often have mm-hmm. people that are coming to me, and they're like, oh, my God, and they don't come to me a lot of times until they're in strife, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, and so I'm taking on this whole, like, whatever's going on in their life, that they're in fear, that they're, you know, having a lot of, you know, what seems like them to them to be crazy things going on, and they are, you know, feeling unhappy, or they're feeling, I'm happy, but not with this, or, you know, all that, da 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 Right, it's a similar thing. Mm. Mm. Very similar. And it really, to be really, really good at it, you really do need an education. Okay, mm-hmm. so all of the really awesome spiritual teachers that I've read or know and things like that, okay, have an education. They put something in, in something. I've mm-hmm. known of one that actually had an education in law, which is interesting. But it still trains people in, a, in certain ways, you know, higher education. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not just a piece of paper because... Most of them actually put a lot of effort into their education. Okay. Now you have the you have some of them that are not that good, and they're very good at manipulating some of them. <laughs> and they don't have that education, and they didn't pay their dues, and they didn't do a lot of the same, you know, the healing that they're actually prescribing for people to do, or they're just sort of like living this lifestyle, and then they said, oh, you know, because I have this sort of diet, because I look this sort of way, and, you know, all of this, and, you know, well, I'm giving people what they want. And really, they're just no different from the other greedy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you have a coach that's just, like, manipulating you and telling you what to do, and you're just doing it, then you're going to become dependent on them, because you're not actually doing the work that it takes to be empowered. They're not empowering you. Correct. That's what you're saying. Mm. Correct. Because how often, yeah. you know, do I... That's, but that's part of reciprocity. Because a real see. coach is going to challenge you and trigger you. And you're going to have to do the work yourself. That's the point, like you were saying about the doctor. The patient has to do the work themselves to get better. Right. The doctor is the guide and the expert. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Because they've gotten their education that they know what's going on and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I always find that the best doctors are usually doctors that have been through um, a lot of uh, (laughs) physical challenges. Mm hmm. Not always, but often. Yeah. Absolutely. Or a lot of emotional challenges. Yeah. Yeah, because they really start looking into things because, you know, they're not this, like, young, fresh person who has never been physically challenged and only knows what's in the books. Yeah, and good coaches are the same way. I mean, what would be the point of having a coach who's always been rich, you know? Wouldn't it be better to have a coach who started from poverty, for example, and then became well, affluent. not necessarily, or yeah, I mean, well, well that's I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it is kind of <laughs> again because we were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what. Yeah, and coaches are coaching with about different things. Okay, so you mm. know, I take on more things than a lot of coaches. Most coaches have like a niche area that they do, but I also have friends who are coaches that do almost all areas of life. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the majority of them, they, they do. No, they have, like, oh, okay, I know how to be financially successful. Or another one, you know, knows how to be, you know, parenting is their thing. Mm. Um, so on and so forth, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so to say that, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm a little well, bit I mean, more unusual. So there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, you, there's a lot of variation about what people can, like, help you with in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I'm guessing that. 
and how are you on YouTube? Right. But anyway, that's a whole different part of we got sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> we only have five minutes left. So oh, I did want the show to be talking about coaching. But, so, on that. but um, it's love. It's huh? about self love. It's about serving the self. Right across the table. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, about <laughs> self love. Okay, okay. Because I thought you were saying something. Yes, it is about oh, self love. Yes. Manifestation <laughs> is about self love. Right, but we always have to be active in doing something. So when we're active in doing something, we're going to be of service. We might not even be aware that we're being of service. It doesn't have to, again, be something direct, okay? Mm-hmm. I've worked on myself. I've worked on my energy, right? Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, even when I'm going grocery shopping and I'm not thinking about too much about the other people around me or, you know, oh, how can I help these people? And it, I've seen people do that, and those people that do that are really not being that much of a help because, you know, they're trying to do the expectation thing. But there's another thing that we didn't talk about, okay? Yeah. Um, that we don't have time. <laughs> That's why we would rather <laughs> talk about the coaching. But, um, yeah, uh, because they put out this expectation of them where I'm just going and I'm being myself. As a result of that, okay, and really loving myself, and I'm, you know, shopping, so I'm concerned about, okay, I need to do this, I need to get that, and da-da-da-da-da. But I'm interacting with people. Mm-hmm. And as a result of just me being my authentic self, me being who I am in my self-love, I express that out to everyone in the world. That is being of service. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It doesn't necessarily require that you have to, you know, go, oh, I have to do this to be of service. Oftentimes when you do that, uh, then you're doing expectations. You're running this result. God will or the universe will or whatever, you know, bestow things upon me because I'm being of service. And guess what? Because you have that expectation, it doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. people, yeah, but yeah. people, because people see that and they think, oh, this person's being a service. This is why they have all this. Yeah, but at the same time, it's they don't really have the expectation. See, the only expectation they have is to receive. So when they're being a service, you know, like when I go to, um, you know, the produce department and I'm talking to, the produce guy about, you know, like the other day there there was no tomatoes. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm expecting, you know, I'm not expecting, but, you know, I'm like in line with receiving nice, there's, there was ugly tomatoes, like four or five, they were all producing yucky. I was going to buy those. Mm-hmm. And also because I'm giving, because I'm giving my money to the tomatoes, right? <laughs> to buy the absolutely. tomatoes. Absolutely. Absolutely. This okay. is a really so important example. We only have one yeah. minute. I know, and we only have one minute left, so I want to finish yeah. this. Okay. So, um, right. So when I went to the guy, I was just open to receiving the tomatoes. And I was okay with the tomatoes not being in the back. They happened to be in the back. But I was okay either way. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew... No matter what, whatever I was supposed to receive in the situation is what I was supposed to receive. You know? So I might look at that if there were no tomatoes, I might say like, oh, okay, well, perhaps there's something else that I need that's maybe a little bit more nutritional, you know? That's just how life is. Mm. So when you put an expectation of this direct thing, if I do this, this will happen. Do this, this will happen, right? It rarely works that way. Sometimes it does, but it's really rare. Okay. Anyway, um, and the reason why is because people in, you know, the universe and everything around you fill those expectations and things don't work that linearly and you're not open enough to really get the results. And that's a whole different thing, which I didn't really want to go into the expectation because expectation is a whole big subject. Maybe we'll do that next time. So I have 30 seconds. I did want to remind people that you can go to my website to find out about com. I do have a YouTube, which is Kim Gilster, the Spiritual Synergist. My Facebook is Kim Gilster, the Spiritual Synergist. Um, <laughs> and I think 
yeah, that's about it. We have five <laughs> seconds left. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful <laughs> next couple of weeks. <laughs> bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.